1: up big adam brooks fan i know josh you got to go cool off the room is hot we've been at this all night long i'll be like Um, two minutes you, you know he's gonna take two minutes uh we'll take two minutes to grill the next guest it is producer clark from the squad cast obviously the uh producer for the rob peterson show the man himself tiktok legend clark monroe
0: All right, I brought my jersey in here for you guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Josh is going to go cool off. He's absolutely cooking, but we're going to keep rolling. Um, Walk us through today, obviously, a day of Thanksgiving, having good food, good friends, good family, and then the player that you purchased a jersey for gets claimed on the waivers by our arch rival, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, No, we're not grinding Canadiens fans, but Brooksy is gone. Me and you have been actually very excited about his progression you know, making videos about the give a crap meter with Brooksy in it. And then he's gone. He's gone. He's yeah. like, it's all that content is gone. What do you say, Clark? Yeah.
0: Well, it was so funny how this day kind of worked out. Cause obviously yesterday was when he got placed on waivers and I, you know, everyone started sending me messages like, Oh no. Like, you know, but I was in the back of my head. I was still trying to stay calm about it because he cleared waivers last year, and when you look at what actually happened, he was the 29th claim. Like the Canadians had 29th rank in the in the waiver pick, and they were able to claim him. So uh, there was 28 or whatever it is other teams that passed on Adam, and the Canadians just had to. They just had to pluck him. Uh, and it just kind of felt right away. My my first thought was that it was just a spiteful move by the Canadians. There. Just doing this because we're playing them on, on Wednesday for the home opener. And it was, you know, this thing where it was like they're doing this just because it's the Leafs and it's uh, just because it's this guy that they've been grooming for five years. And I still kind of feel like that's the case. Um, but uh, overall, I look at it the fit in Montreal. And I, this is part of the, the why I think it's mostly spiteful uh, is just because I feel like he doesn't really make sense there. I mean, yeah, they lost some centers and stuff, but they have a bunch of guys who can play center in Montreal. And I don't know if if Brooksy is all necessarily all that much better than a whole lot of guys that they have. I look at Jake Evans as a guy who I think that they really like. They just gave him a three-year extension in the offseason. They just brought in Cedric Paquette, who's, you know, I think he was – was he on that first Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup team? I think he was. Um, If not, he was right around that team for a lot of those years. Uh, They brought in Matthew Perot. They brought in all these guys. They have Ryan Paling, who is supposed to be – you know one of the guys that they had a lot of hope for uh and then they just go out and pluck adam brooks uh right before we happened to play them in the first game so uh i got a ton of messages it was a it was a funny day in a way too because i got a ton of messages obviously my branding strategy worked as uh, making myself yeah. the adam brooks guy on tiktok because i got tons of people saying like yeah you know i came directly to your channel as soon as i saw the news and Um, So there was was a bit of, you know, kind of sadness throughout the day. But overall, um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he's back on waivers in a few weeks uh, and maybe Toronto plucks him right back and puts him back in the depth chart. Uh, He's that kind of player. I think Toronto likes him and they gave him a lot of opportunity. uh, And it was just kind of a numbers game at the end of the day. I know you've probably talked to a few people today uh, about this whole situation and, and what they're doing with Ilya Mikheyev and LTIR and all that fun fun topic of conversation oh yeah
1: well, it was great we, we got the gist of it we got the the fact that Brooksy basically was just a cap casualty, is what it was yeah, because yeah. Uh, Amadio makes more money and it's better for the cap pool and the LTR pool so
0: exactly and that uh Sheldon Keefe said it in his press conference I think it was yesterday or two days ago after the Senators game I feel like it was where he basically said you know we're gonna have to make some moves we don't love but it's just financial stuff right now and uh we kind of just crossing our fingers and hoping for the best so again i think they really like brooks i don't think they they did this and wanted to lose them or or thought they wouldn't and then did i think this was just straight up a numbers move and it sucks for me uh but overall i mean it is at the end of the day when you're looking at what this actually is it's the 15th forward getting claimed by another team and i'm trying to look at it that way more than anything right now
1: well i know you're invested i know josh has been uh Waiting for this one all night, so let him take the floor here for just a moment.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, Adam, nice to finally meet you, Clark, actually, to be honest. I, I know I missed a couple shows with you, so uh, it's nice to finally yeah. be on with you. Thanks for doing this. But for sure. I mean, just to drive the knife into your heart, I mean, Adam Brooks, at the end of the day, is a replacement-level player that you can replace with somebody else on waivers. <laughs> so I'm sure he's a nice guy, and every leaf we love and die for. But at the end of the day, when you see the overreactions on Twitter and you take a uh, – oh. you you take a step back and you're just like, well, this guy wasn't going to win them the cup barring some fantastic playoff performance that was Kuchar off levels. Then, you know, I don't (laughs) think they're missing too much here, but it was sad to see him go because we were kind of invested in this guy. Uh, Like you were were saying earlier with him being homegrown, they drafted him. We saw him come up through the ranks and he he did perform well last year. So it it, it is a shame that he left. And I think it's more of a, Leafs fans having that personal connection to a player but I'm sure the next Adam Brooks will come through soon and you'll just as be emotionally attached to him as you were as the original Adam Brooks well,
1: What a great well, problem sure. to have though guys is to oh, be cut yeah. yeah. that over That's a yeah. replacement level player not someone up in your roster but a replacement level guy that on the day that Austin Matthews has been deemed out for the first week, Adam Brooks has been more of a, a topic of conversation than Austin Matthews and Talking to Alter and Koshan about uh, Matthews, they didn't give me, Josh, I don't know if you got the same vibe, but, uh, Clark, they didn't give me a lot of hope that he'd even be back for the Rangers game, which is game four. Uh, okay, I know he, so, he and Clark, he made that trade for, for Matthews. I don't know if you're going to see uh, it. Yeah. Hang yes. on.
2: That trade was a bunch of BS because now Clark's <laughs> got Matthews and McDavid. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Well, I'll,
1: I'll tell you Some this right here, right now. The reason different. why that happened is because I was a pro, bonehead pro last year.
0: GM move. Yeah. Well,
1: I, <laughs> thought, I, I thought last year that I was going to go on a run in the league and I traded two draft picks. And I know how crucial it is to have multiple draft picks in the first few rounds. I was down a couple draft picks. So I got those players back, and look who I took with them. I got Adam yeah. Fox, the Norris Trophy winner, and Kirill Kaprizov. I'm not exactly no, it, slouching. It was, uh,
0: it was Braden Point. You got Braden Point now. Oh, Braden Fox. Point. I mean, yeah,
1: even – so I'm not exactly that, like, heartbroken nah, over it. That's okay. You got Matthews, but, they, like I said, Koshan and Alter were saying – you know, maybe it takes longer for him to get back. So now I'm like, all right, roll my sleeves up here. I just pulled a quick one on old Clerky. Matthews is out for the season. Breaking news, boys. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, if that's the case, then I'm calling void on that trade and we're swapping back. But, no, no, it, it, it is a weird kind of time. And uh the one thing that I've tried to look at this Matthews situation is – Uh, we've dealt with a lot of things in the last couple of years with the Leafs. And I mean, how many times, James, have we talked about Freddie Anderson the last two years? Yeah, Uh, Josh, I think we were on a show together at one point in this history where I think we had this big conversation about Freddie maybe going into a playoff scenario. Uh, and It was a Saturday night after one of
1: the games, yep.
0: Yeah, when we look at that, I mean, the amount of times I've wanted guys to take time off to get healthy rather than try to push through things. I'm trying to look at it in that regard. And if we can get Austin Matthews back with two full wrists, uh, even if it's for 75 games, just imagine, even if it's for 70 games, just imagine how good he'll be for those 70 games and then into a playoff stretch. So that's the way I'm looking at it. I I want this guy to be as healthy as he possibly can be because he is so dangerous. Uh, We've seen it time and time again, even with a wrist, one of them. uh, He was still scoring at a 55 or 60 goal pace last year. So. It's nuts. I, uh, uh, so I, I, I want to see him back in the lineup, but I want to see him healthy at the same time.
2: I think this guy's coming back for that New York game. Like, that's in the garden, right? They're not at home for that. They're in New York.
1: Yeah, they're in New York, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. So Matthew's returning in the garden. That, uh, That's, yeah. He, he's Mr. Showstopper. He's coming back there. And, our fantasy league's already pretty much over. Like I've I've dummied everybody in that league, and somehow I'm gonna pull off the win against Clark's team. So,
1: listen, <laughs> here's the other part of the whole thing for you guys. So we're talking about Austin Matthews being out. Me making that trade with Clark. Guess who I took? Who's now the de facto number one with Mitch Marner? I do have John Tavares, ladies and gentlemen. So
0: right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm that's, reaping that's the rewards across that. the board here.
0: Now I, I was gonna say, guys, um, there was a lot of. Throughout the preseason, there was a lot of Nylander practicing with Kerfoot, and I kept seeing that over and over. And I'm like, man, they're they're either prepping for Matthews to be out, which I, yeah. I kind of now putting it together in my head that that's probably what was going on. But I'm like, I was still thinking in the back of my head. Okay, so Matthews is going to be with Marner, uh, and Nylander's not with Tavares. So are they trying to prep for some super third line here that maybe we'll see kind of like the HBK line with the Pittsburgh Penguins back in the day with Haglin and Bonino and Kessel, and that was the third line that nobody could play against? And uh, yep. that, in my brain at the time, was Mikheyev with Kerfoot and Nylander because you got the Well, speed not you
2: too with this. That's where you got that idea from.
1: No, 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 no. Hey, I put the tweet out. I put the tweet out first, yeah, and then I, I tagged fairness, him and said, "Great minds think alike," because yeah, I said it's I the exact same. I said the same things.
0: James might have subconsciously put this in my brain, but oh, no. um, it was. I've just. I just. It came to me the other day, and I was thinking about it. Just seeing them practice Neander and Kerfoot together, I started thinking, "Are they trying to move him maybe off of Tavares' line?" And I don't know if McKay would be there or not, but now he's hurt, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but it, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm kind of. I'm glad in a sense that they're trying Tavares out on that first line because we mm-hmm. saw the magic that Tavares and Marner had that one year. Um, but at the same time, I kind of wanted to see them keep Tavares with uh, with Nylander and maybe just see who else could fill that spot for the time being. We saw David Kampf kind of fill in for a game or two. In pre- well, I guess it was just one in preseason. Um, but other guys too, like could maybe fill in until Matthews is back. But I, I kind of want to see Tavares back with Marner now. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, let's see it for a few games and see that if they maybe to Johnny can get off to a real hot start and that's only going to help him the rest of the season.
1: No, definitely. Well, you look at this squad and it's going to be great. I, I've been been talking all night long about the guys coming into this lineup. For you, Clark, you look at the, the preseason and it's not an end-all, be-all by any stretch of the means, but Richie's look good. Bunting's look good. Mm. Camp has done what he's advertised to do. Uh, Me and you and Josh, we've talked at length about the power play and the penalty kill needing to, one, the power play be consistent and be what it was to start the season last year, but then they get out of 24th in the penalty kill. Because special teams in the playoffs are absolutely key. We've seen it. We lived it. We felt it. So for you, these new additions, are they going to make the difference that we want them to make, especially like a David Camp, especially a Nick Ritchie and that front presence? What we want Simmons to be, but with Simmons' age and everything else they're going to expect of him physically, maybe Richie gets to play that in the second power play unit. And then the greasy little rat that is Michael Bunting, maybe getting in there and mixing it up and doing different things. But do we take those necessary steps? Because those things need to happen. It's great to first finish in the Canadian division, but we're now back in the Atlantic. Let's not joke around here. Tampa will be Tampa. I think Chris Johnson's right on his show talking about Tampa going to be having a hangover. It's been two seasons of long runs. You lose your entire third line. Yes, you have Vasilevsky. Yes, you have Stampkos and Cooch and all those great players. But Stanley Cup hangovers are real. We've seen teams go through it. The Boston Bruins, they're another year older. This may be Patrice Bergeron's swan song. By the way, guys, 37 years old. End of his contract could be it. Then you look at Linus Allmark going into the net for the Boston Bruins. New system, new goalie, new whole show. No, no uh, Tukarask. So those two teams, and then everybody's talking no about... David
0: Krejci, too. And just to cut no you Freitchi. off, James, I feel like Krejci is going to be the one that they miss the most. Uh, yep. He was such a good player for them for so long, and he was so underappreciated, I feel like, there. I know a few Bruins fans who just love to jump on certain guys. And I always heard his name for some reason, even though anytime I watched him, I'm like, this guy's a stud. Why are you guys mad at this guy for any reason whatsoever? Anyways, continue.
1: <laughs> no, and the other team I was going to mention is the Florida Panthers. And I brought up the defense earlier. Um, you know, everybody yeah. seems to be, you know, if enthralled with this team you know well Spencer Knight can catch her lightning in a bottle and Sergey Boroski could have one of his on years and the offense is there well the defense doesn't really scare me outside of the top pair you know and I brought it up and I'll just go through them here right quick again give me one second there ladies and gentlemen back back podcasting but So you got Uyghur and Ekblad. That's the one that, that, okay, good, fine. You're good with that. Forsling, Gudis. Gudis was on waivers and things last year. Wasn't exactly a mainstay on teams. And then Nudavar and Montour. I mean, not exactly quaking in my boots for that bottom four on their D. And we all know with a bad D, you overwork your goaltender. You overwork a young goaltender. Hi, Carter Hart. Last year didn't have a great year because he was overworked. So Spencer Knight enters the conversation. Could be overworked could be that goaltender that has the Carter Hart-esque gear. And then Florida realizes we need to revamp our D. So for me, I look at it, Toronto may have a chance here to be number one in the Atlantic if they can fix the power play and penalty kill issues. You look at all those other teams that just listened. There's no one below them like Ottawa, Buffalo, or anything that I'm worried about, not even Montreal. And that's not a shot at them. It's just the fact you're out Weber, you're out Edmondson, you're out Byron, you're out Price. There's a lot of different things going around that organization. I would rather see them all get healthy and get back to playing than, you know, I don't know, go crazy and then the expectations be so high. Those guys come back and it all comes crashing down. I wouldn't want to see that. But I'm just saying, for me, the least... Well, they added like
0: Adam Brooks, too. They added Listen, Brooks you just, for you for just time alluded time to
1: out, the so. fact so. that Brooks, he'll probably be back on waivers. But you might have to wait till Byron gets back in December.
0: Well, and Hoffman too. Hoffman's coming back in, I think, five or six weeks or seven or something like that. So when he comes back, that's another roster spot. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, I and I think they, I I think they sent Ryan Paling down, if I'm not mistaken. So they could just bring him up at any time, and then they got a clear spot. So, anyways, I feel like I feel like Montreal again. I'll just finish my thoughts on Brooksy with I feel like he's not there for very long. So there's a good chance he could come back at some point if if the Leafs wanted him. Uh, but if, like going back to your um, your First point there, the preseason talks with the guys we brought in, and uh, I had a great show with, with my buddy Max Ritz over on the squadcast the other day. It doesn't, I guess, it's not showing up in my screen, but that's fine.
1: Um, it we might show up in a about big how
0: I can I can pull over the little whiteboard here if you want. You know, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, subscribe to our new YouTube channel. Make sure you <laughs> check is. out
1: the squadcast, no jokes, big guys <laughs> over there always supporting us. Support them, subtle
0: too. plug, yeah, subtle plug um but max was even saying i'll give max credit he doesn't like saying too many nice things about the leafs and he said this uh and i'll i'll give him the credit here um the the guys that they brought in and this is what we were talking about so the the richie kasha comp bunting um gabriel you know those names they all have roles and i feel like the last couple of years um the Leafs were just kind of trying to fill spots you look at guys like jimmy VC, travis boyd Um, those types of guys, they were just getting, they're just getting bodies to kind of fill those last few spots. And I feel like they were really, really targeted this off season with who they were able to bring in and who they wanted to bring in. Uh, so that's where Nick Ritchie, he just seems like he's kind of a nice little perfect fit on that top line right now. And again, it's, it's real early, so let's not jump too far ahead of ourselves because Again, I do know some Bruins fans, and they had nothing but bad things to say about Nick Ritchie.
2: So we don't uh, we these, don't listen these, to Bruins fans. But
1: do fan do fan That's bases true. ever say favorable things about a player that leaves them? They always point I'll out the flaws, it's never about about the good.
2: Adam Brooks until the it's day true. Away. Like Adam
0: Brooks was <laughs> terrible; he was never going to crack the line Oh, <laughs> Yeah, absolute <laughs> trash. Tire fire, boys! Yeah, yeah. Tire fire. Um. And then you know Michael Bunting again another targeted guy. They went out and see they seem to really want him specifically, and he's coming in and he's gonna kind of be that Zach Hyman replacement from what everything that we I've seen. I'm sure you guys have seen it as well throughout the preseason. David Komf is like he's like the answer to my prayers. I think. I've told you guys in the past that they needed a defensive center to take some pressure off of the top two guys. They needed It'll him light. to come in and play defensive zone spots and penalty kill time and, and take a little pressure off Mitch Marner on the penalty kill because he led the team in penalty kill minutes last year, which to me shouldn't happen. Uh, and again, they were 24th, so how good was he? I don't know. Um, but I think the, – and then Dave, Andre Kasha, I, I really liked – if he can stay healthy, I have really liked the look of him this this preseason. I keep pointing to the real season. Uh, he's got some great sense. Uh, I feel like his hockey sense is right there. So if he can just stay healthy and keep that brain uh, operational, we're good to go. Um, but uh, the, the preseason, uh, the power play, uh, I'm telling you, the two new coaches that have come in, uh, Spencer Carberry and Dean Chenault, um, I, it's clear that there's changes being made. And last year it seemed like even though they were just sputtering and stuck and stale, no no changes were made. Uh, and I've already seen multiple changes throughout just the preseason alone in their power play. Uh, so that's encouraging. Uh, their penalty kill looks aggressive. And I think that's it's been preached by all of the coaches, all the players, that it's going to be an aggressive penalty kill this year. They're going to be on pucks. We've seen William Nylander getting penalty kill time, which intrigues the heck out of me because I've seen a lot of improvement over him the last couple of years in his neutral zone play and his defensive puck retrieval. Uh, so I like that. There's a couple of buzzwords for you guys, um, and uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of like that. Again, I just I'd like to see some pressure taken off of Mitch Marner on the penalty kill. I'm fine if he stays on the penalty kill. Let's see him reduce time. I don't want to see him leading the team in penalty kill minutes again. Um, personally, yeah, I and yeah, I, I like to see. You know, we saw against Ottawa, they they really controlled that entire game. We saw it against a couple of the other games. That even though they were only at half squads, they seem to control the game and control the pace. And I know it's preseason. It's hard to really judge, but it's a good sign. Um, and I, I've liked a lot of the individual performances so far. So that's kind of where I'm at had, heading into game one, uh, even without Matthews. I kind of like where they're sitting right now. And I want to see some of these new guys maybe take over early on without the big boy Austin Matthews there. What What can these new guys bring to the table right away and kind of cement their legacy early on maybe even? Uh, so let's, I want to see that right away.
2: I personally think the guy to step up, that's going to be William Nylander. He finished the last, uh, yeah. last season, obviously in the playoffs, he was the least by far clear cut best player in that seven game series that ended it yeah. nothing. But, um, yeah, like he's gonna, I think he's gonna open this season. He's probably gonna open the season with, I hate making predictions like this, but I'll go with seven goals in 10 games, add a couple assists in there. He's gonna come out guns blazing, show his critics, show his fans that he's ready to go. He's taking the season seriously, and he is worth his contract, which I have long said. I said the moment that he signed that, he's worth it. He's gonna be worth it. He'll be forever worth it. Yeah. William Nylander to me is your Adam Brooks. So, I'm all in on this guy. I hope he can oh, do man. it. And, uh, yeah, I I, I think Nylander is going to be the guy to carry this team through this hopefully only three-game stint without uh, Austin Matthews.
1: Remember one thing, too. Willie Nylander uh, aside, Mitch Marner wants to shoot more this year, too. And we've already seen that. He said, yeah, that, through he the said that
2: last year. He said that last year. Yeah, but
1: year. this preseason he's already stepped it up and been taking more shots than usual from different angles and places he doesn't usually do where he looks to dish. So if he can keep that going through, the one season other thing and up too,
0: Yeah, I agree with you on the Marner shooting deal. He needs to do that. And he needs to be a guy who can maybe pot 30 goals this year. That'd be lovely. Uh, but one other guy that needs to shoot more, and we've I've seen it, he scored a goal the other night, is Morgan Riley. And that's a power play mm-hmm. thing. But, man, Josh, I think we, we talked about this in the past maybe, but it seemed like last year Morgan Riley just didn't – he just decided not to shoot. And what that did for the power play – especially with Marner in the one trigger side, uh, everyone just flooded towards Matthew's trigger side. And it knew they knew it was coming. You knew it was coming every time. They didn't use Tavares in the bumper spot almost at all. Uh, and the, the net front was a constant carousel of guys. They never had any consistency in front of the net. Uh, so now that they have Nylander in that other trigger slot and Marner in the bumper and Tavares net front, it seemed like there was a ton of more puck movement on the power play. And we saw, I think it was in the Senators game, where they just went like a W, just dun, 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 dun. it was like a pinball machine over there, mm. and they were just going all around the ice, just quick passes back and forth, different angles. The goalie had no chance, he it, they didn't score on the place that I'm speaking of specifically, but man, it looked real good. And I even texted a couple of buddies, I'm like, where was this? Like, this, yeah. this is this was non existent last year. It was Martin to Riley to Matthews to Riley to Marner to Riley to Matthews to Riley to R- Matthews shot. That was the power play last year. Yeah. I could t- almost every time. Uh, so anyways, I, I like what Spencer Carberry has shown early on. Uh, yeah. I'm intrigued to see if we haven't even seen the full set yet. I'm hoping there's a I don't few think plays we in have. the playbook. Yeah, I'm hoping there's a few plays in the playbook this year and they mix it up a little bit because last year there was one play and if it didn't work, they tried it again.
2: <laughs> that whole morgan riley not shooting especially on the power play thing I, I i i'm not gonna say i went through something similar but when i played uh when i played rep hockey in oakville my i was on the power play and my main job was to get the puck to the trigger guy and if the yeah. trigger guy wasn't open i would just cycle it back to the third the third guy and then he would try and get it back to me and do that and halfway through the season my coach was like why aren't you shooting that yeah i go well my, my job's to get it over to uh to our trigger guy over there he goes yeah but if he's not open you shoot you have a shot as well use it i'm like oh okay i didn't know you wanted me to do that and it's just it's it's in your head it's like <laughs> right. austin matthews is over there i should get the puck to him i don't have a good a shot as him it's like no you're in the nhl you have a shot get the puck on the net and see what happens well, so especially, especially he morgan that. riley
0: yeah especially morgan riley josh who scored 20 goals not three years ago or whatever exactly. it was the, What I would would like him to see, especially if he
2: has, even if it's Tavares on that first power play unit, if he walks it in, Tavares drops back, Riley can drop down for 20 seconds. Riley can walk it in. He's got the skill to do it. Even if he walks it in along the side, he doesn't always have to shoot or look for the pass. Walk it in, create a new angle, create a new look, create a new, throw the defense off a little bit. I mean, don't do it every power play, because then they're going to expect you to do it. That's easy to cut off, to cut off that open ice. But if you don't see a pass, you don't see a shot, walk it down to the corner. Walk it down the middle. See what happens. Get some new angles out there.
0: Somebody will drop back and cover you. Yeah, and he's dynamic enough to do that. So the fact that he wasn't last year, it just seemed like, and I don't want to like slander Manny Malhotra here, but it just seemed like Manny Malhotra wasn't right for the power play coaching job because no, there no. just was no there was no adaptability going on. Hey, at all. the first ten and games
1: of the season, guys, he was the best guy in the world
2: because teams great. didn't have teams didn't have time to adapt to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then they right? did. So,
0: and then, and then well, they well, playing the same team ten yeah. times
1: will definitely give you a read on somebody. Totally.
0: That's part of it, too. That's part of it, too. Um, but, you know, just, again, just to kind of reiterate the fact that um, they are loading up the power play one this year, which is fine by me. Uh, I want to see it because I, you see every other team doing it where, you know, Ovechkin and Carlson and Backstrom and Kuznetsov and, and all those guys, they're on Washington's. They don't give a crap who's on power play unit, too. They're loading up one, and they want those guys to be the ones scoring goals. So. Uh, I'm curious to see again. I want to see who steps up in Matthew's absence in game one, two, three. And, however, hopefully it's not too long. But uh, let's see some of those new guys step in and make some big uh, impacts right away.
1: So for you, I've asked this question a couple times tonight. What is one story coming out of camp that no one's talking about that you have picked up on and that you're paying attention to, put Brooks aside, um, that you're looking at right now?
0: Mitch Marner's haircut. How can I put Brooks aside, James?
1: I <laughs> know oh, you gotta flip that jersey around for one.
0: Uh, yeah. Ah, yeah. Well, no, you know what? I'm I'm proud of this jersey. I'm gonna keep this one. Uh, if if, you, if somebody doesn't know the story, I worked for the Regina Pats when Adam Brooks was having his massive monster years, and I have a connection to him in that regard. So I'm not just picking a random minor leaguer and and uh, supporting him. There's a there's deeper reasoning behind it. So, but outside connection. of that. Um, yeah, exactly. Outside of that, I want to see this goalie tandem. And I, I haven't heard a whole lot of talk about it because I think uh, there's a, a majority of Leafs fans that are just, you know, ready for Jack Campbell to take that role and kind of do what he did last year. Um, but I think Peter Mrazik, Peter Mrazik, Petter, what are we saying? I don't know. Um, Peter. Either way. Petter. I say Peter. Okay, I'll go with that <laughs> until somebody says otherwise. Uh, Mrazik, uh, I, I think he's going to play a, a big role. And I think James... We've talked about this in, in various messages, but um, just the fact that I think this is the better one of the better goalie tandems that this team has had in a long time. The team hasn't been allowed to have a tandem uh, in the last five years because Freddie Anderson just simply wouldn't give up the crease, which in fairness, he did pretty damn good for a few years. Uh, and yeah. I was the biggest Freddie supporter, um, one of the biggest uh, Freddie supporters out there. Because, you know, he did earn all of my respect in those first three years with this team. But then he just refused. He was very stubborn. And he refused to give up the crease, uh, even when he was definitely not healthy enough to be in it. So I, I think this is going to be one of the best in terms of pushing each other, uh, internal competition, but also being ready to step up if one guy isn't on the best or, you know, on his game one night or, uh, they're able to switch back and forth on back-to-backs, which, again, that's a that's been an issue that we have had for a while. Even if we did switch off on a back-to-back, it was Michael Hutchinson or it was um, Garrett Sparks or it was whoever. Uh, so the fact that we have these two um, compatible and also uh, reliable goalies now and we go in for our first two games, our back-to-back, yep. we got Montreal and Ottawa. So we're going to see both goalies in the first couple of games. And uh, I think that could be, outside of David Kompf being the answer to all my prayers, uh, I think that could be probably the biggest move of the offseason with those two goalies. And I think that'll be a big change from what Leafs fans are used to seeing for the last several years.
1: For sure. Well, we're going to wrap with you here in just a moment. Uh, But I will agree with you. Having two goaltenders that know how to play off each other, that know the expectation of being a 1A and 1B, and not having to worry about, hey, this guy's going to steal my job, knowing the task at hand. I think the only problem this season between the goaltenders may be Jack Campbell going into the season without a contract extension. Um, That may be something that bothers him. We know he's a highly emotional guy. So having something like that that could play into his emotions, not putting it out there, in the juju sphere, but I'm just saying that is something that could affect him. We all know how he runs very high on the emotion level. So either doing well or doing bad, that could hamper him either which way, you know, with the emotions. But Clark, I want to thank you very much for jumping on the Leafs offside season preview show. Obviously you're doing the family Thanksgiving right now. uh, So you spared us some time. I
0: am so full. Like it was (laughs) (laughs) one of those years where uh, the switch didn't turn off until a little too late and I'm a little uncomfortable. What's That's your right, uh, what's, what's your go-to? Like what do you grab first? Oh, okay. That, so, my food? wife, um, her family has a kind of a Ukrainian background. So, we got the pierogies, we got the meat stuffing, not the bread stuffing, we got the meat stuffing. Uh so those two things, uh as delicious as they are, they sit pretty heavy if you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. uh I I let those go. I get those first. Then we got the turkey, we got everything else uh, that goes along with it, but uh the the pierogies and the meat stuff and man uh it's a different experience and it's fantastic so those are my two go-tos now
1: well we're gonna have to do a huge blended thanksgiving sometime find a way to make it happen maybe before a toronto game or something just do it have a good time that'd be a great little spot but clark shout out all the shows obviously it's the rod peterson show check out the squad cast make sure you look at them up on youtube they're doing the drive to 100 subscribers make sure you get on there subscribe Check out all Clark's TikTok videos. He is TikTok famous. Make sure you watch all of them. Everybody loves it. It's a good time. He does lives for every single game. So enjoy. Clark Monroe, I really appreciate any time you give us, my friend.
0: Well, hey, thanks for having me on. And uh, when I saw the list of guests for today's show, I was pretty flattered that I was included. So thanks, guys. Uh, and I would love to do this as much as I can throughout the season. You know I would love coming on here and chatting with you boys. So um, my little Leafs outlet, you guys, I like to call that, uh, <laughs> after, especially after games. Some nights uh, I need it more than other nights, but yeah, thanks. Uh, hit me up on the Squadcast for sure. Um, me and Max are just over a year into the show now, but we just launched our own independent YouTube channel, so that's kind of our main focus right now is getting that off the ground. Uh, so if you guys wouldn't mind, if you're listening or watching, uh, head over and, and give us a subscribe if you can. Um, uh, and uh, my name's right below me. If you're watching, you can go follow me on, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, TikTok. Um, and uh, we have some fun. So, thanks, boys. Uh, we can't wait till the next time we get to get the chat, and hopefully, it's after a 10 and 0 start or something like that.
1: <laughs> there we go. All right, Clark, we'll talk right. to you later, my friend. All right, see you guys.